everybody. Welcome back to the Mind of a Music Programmer podcast with your hosts, Riley and Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been a second since we've recorded, so cut us some slack for the intro. <laughs> yeah. Um, this might be my, my last episode on this podcast. Hopefully not. Hopefully I'll be able to stay on next semester, but um, not doing WZIP next semester. Um, life has just taken me in other directions for the time being. Gotta um, respect that. But yeah, it's been it's been a great experience working with Riley, getting to be around music all the time and talking about music all the time. And I, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. I'll, I I might come back in the future, but just for next semester, not gonna be a, a, a part of the music programming scene. And you will be missed. I will very I hope much so. say that. <laughs> I, I hope it's not like where I just leave and nobody even cares. But <laughs> I will for sure. There's All no right. doubt about I appreciate that. that. Yeah. Definitely. But yeah, as but long as you're doing what you like to do, bro, that's all yeah. I can ask for. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. I appreciate that. But let's stop talking about me for a second <laughs> and let's get into some of the topics that you've kind of collected for today. So, hmm. A good place to start was, I would say, the Juice album. So this okay. came out, I think it was December 10th, which was Friday, recording it December 13th. So we're like three days into it. So mm-hmm. what are your first impressions on any of the album? Yeah. Skits, um, anything else? I think it's just kind of another Juice album. I'm. I'll be honest, I don't think there was anything on the project that I haven't heard before in a leak. Mm, You're a leak guy. I mean, it's not like I'm actively searching for these leaks. They kind of just pop up on my Twitter feed or wherever, and I'll kind of just, you know, see them and be like, oh, that sounds pretty good. And for some reason, leaks, they sound so much better in in, like, the actual low-quality version of it than when they go to streaming services. Like, there's a few songs that legitimately sound worse with the studio versions. Do you have any examples? Yeah, so Drake. Um, what was the one song called that he, he had leaked? It was called... <laughs> I, forget. <laughs> I forget what it's called. Let me look up the name. Was it on Dark Lane Demos? No, no, no. Or Care Package? Or? It was on CLB. It was, oh, really? Um, TSU. That, that was a song. Oh, okay. That song, when the leak dropped on SoundCloud, it sounded just so wavy and so atmospheric. But in the studio version, it's kind of like the beat just didn't have as much depth to it for some reason. And it kind of just sounds like a standard Drake song with a pretty cool, pretty cool beat switch. Mm-hmm. And the subject matter of that song is also really weird. But also, like, every single Playboy Cardi song <laughs> sounds so much better in leaks. And that's just a fact. I think it's because, like, the bass is really distorted. And it just mm. makes the song sound harder, I guess. But I've heard, this isn't, like, a, a rapper necessarily, but the artist Corpse, he said that E-Girls Are Ruining My Life sounds way better on SoundCloud than it does Spotify. Because it must be something just the software mm. does. Yeah, I think it's because on streaming, the sound is compressed a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'm someone who has For uploaded sure. music to Spotify, and they do... Yeah, check them out on Spotify. Yeah, dude, Andrew Kish on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I How don't you mess spell the last around. name? 
K I S H. Andrew K I S H. Nothing wrong with a plug. We're down to about 660 listeners. It was at like Mm -hmm. a thousand at one point, but I'm falling off pretty quickly. (laughs) He's washed up. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, yeah. But um, yeah, that's what I was saying. So when you upload to Spotify or Apple Music or some kind of like official streaming service platform, they do compress the audio a little bit and you can definitely tell in the sound like the peaks are kind of Mm. quieter um the lows of the bases are quieter the highs of you know the snares are quieter and it makes the vocals i think stand out a little bit more in most tracks but the Mm -hmm. beat just doesn't have as much depth to it and i think that's why a lot of these leaks we hear are are just better as leaks um Mm. in my opinion and soundcloud doesn't do that yeah i do produce okay so that probably hits like close to home for you (laughs) yeah yeah definitely it's like i don't know stuff just sounds better um when it's kind of like the raw version of the Mm -hmm. song usually yeah i think there's just a lot of like beauty in that vulnerability that comes with raw versions of songs right but i i know you said it's just like another juice album but i i do like this album a lot so far i'm like i think i've listened to the first 14 out of 18 so i still haven't heard okay like the bts song and then a few others but my prediction is that not enough will be one of the most streamed songs off the album i think it's the best out of the first 14 i think it's the reason i go to juice is for a certain sound Mm -hmm. and that is the sound that i like the most it's like hard to explain so i'd say just listen to it but gotcha uh, another take is Wander to LA with Justin Bieber. I didn't know how I felt about it at first because that was a pre-release single along with Already Dead, which is an amazing song. Right. And at first I didn't really like it. And I think that just might be due to the fact that like posthumous music was released and like it, it kind of comes at you differently now. Right. But the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And yeah. I think that's how it is with a lot of Juice's music. He's definitely someone that grows on you the more listens you get into it. Um, but I'm curious what you think about the um, the BTS collab, because a lot of people didn't like it, obviously. Like, if a hip-hop artist collabs with, you know, BTS, they're going to get backlash. But yeah. Didn't he already do it before? I think he has, actually. Um, and I think from what what his manager said it made it sound like juice actually recorded this song with bts before his his passing Mm -hmm. um don't quote me on that i could be wrong but i thought that's what he said and if so then you know i think it's loyal to who juice was i think Mm -hmm. um he was a guy that kind of explored different um personalities of music Um, he was super experimental yeah, definitely. So I'm not too mad about that collab at all. Um, I don't really like the song, personally. <laughs> That's another layer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm assuming that's how a lot of the tracks were. At least I would hope that they were recorded with the artist before they passed away. But I know a lot of the time, like with I know Pop Smoke, that might have been different. Oh, yeah. I think the Dua Lipa track might have been, but that's like purely just off of what I heard that's not factual necessarily with posthumous albums it's always going to be like that like they'll just throw like pre-recorded verses on a song with other pre-recorded verses 
Sometimes it sounds all right. Usually it sounds unnatural. Mm-hmm. That's um, a good word for it. Because you can definitely tell when two artists are actually in the studio together recording, like with Silk Sonic, uh, mm-hmm. an evening with Silk Sonic. You can tell that Bruno Mars and Anderson Pock and the band recorded their stuff in the same studio. Like you yeah. can definitely just tell because the vocals, they really just have the same level of kind of depth, kind of like the same reverb to them, um, the same charisma. You know, you can tell they were playing off of each other. And you never think twice about songs like that. But then there's the, like, features like Dua Lipa and Pop Smoke. You're like, wait, like, does this make sense? (laughs) But I think for, like, like you just know that Silk Sonic, for example, like, does that. Right, right. Um, Yeah, and it could be just a sound, too. Like, because, I mean, if if you're recording, like, a soul funk album, like, if it doesn't sound, like, natural then it's kind of like what's the point of even listening to it but with hip-hop it's kind of different you know you can let's be honest every single beat you hear is made on a computer entirely um it was all recorded um probably in separate takes by the rappers it was all mixed and engineered probably after the fact you know there's there's a lot of like technical stuff that goes on in hip-hop that doesn't go on in other genres and that and that really um, makes the genre more creative, and there's a lot more stuff you can do with it too. Yeah, I saw somebody say that hip hop was the most like diverse genre, but like it's crazy how like much people put it in a box that it's in. But really, I think there's just so many different levels to it all, like the Cardis, the Pop Smoke. Oh, definitely. Like, like there's just so many different layers of it all, and different cultures. Like, uh-huh. Like, you can really distinctly tell the sound between, like, Detroit rappers, between Florida rappers, between, like... It, it, it's absolutely the most versatile genre of music. I don't think you can even debate that. Like, I saw a meme on Twitter. It was, like, it was like the two guys on the bus. One of them is, like, <laughs> sitting... Looking at the sun, looking at the darkness. Yeah, one of them's really sad, one of them's really happy, and it's, like, the happy guy listens to all type of music, and then the sad guy, he listens to rap. That, that was what the meme said, and it does not make any sense because rap, it completely, it spans over every single genre, right? You can combine it with everything. You got country rap, which isn't very good. I mean, there's Listen, a few good songs. Tizo Touchdown is, he dropped I'm Just a Fan, which is like country rap. I know Thug <laughs> has done it in the past, too. So. I mean, you have Lil Nas X, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, give us some credit. I mean, there's... <laughs> There's pop rap, there's hyper-pop rap, funk rap, soul rap. And I really do think that this is, I'm taking this line from Brockhampton, but rap is the new pop, in my opinion. Especially when you look at the charts, like... It is. At least, like, 50% of the chart is littered by rap at any given time. Except right now is a little different, because it's Christmas music, and that takes up, like, 15 to 20%. Right. I mean, the thing with pop music is it's like it's not a real genre, right? It's like yeah, whatever it's like, is just popular at the time is pop music. So you could say that rap just straight up is is pop at this point, right? Yeah. But then what would you say like the other music is? Say like Dua Lipa, who would be considered like a pop artist? I'd say like EDM. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing like one of the top genres people listen to is called like dance pop. On yeah. Spotify, so maybe that's what they techni- technically. It's like dance hall, EDM, house. I, I don't even know. 
dubstep. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far, but yeah. <laughs> but um, what I what I really like about the mainstream right now is that there's a lot of different lanes of it. You know, it's not just one sound. Um, there's there's kind of you look at the top ten on Spotify, and it's just a very wide genre uh, of songs that are that are popular right now. Um, let me actually just pull it up if I can. I think the top songs are like Easy On Me by Adele. Stay is usually up there by Leroy and Justin Bieber. Industry okay. Baby. Yeah. A, B, C, D, E, F, U by Gail. Right now, they're all Christmas songs, but if it, you ignore that hurts Christmas to look at. <laughs> I, lo- I like really want to get into the mood for it, but it's so hard to like always listen to Christmas music. Yeah, no, it's I like. can't do it. I hate you from SZA, so you got R&B, you got Industry Baby, Lil Nas X, yeah, sure. I mean, that's, like, probably as rap as you can get for mainstream. Then you got Stay with Justin Bieber, so you got melodic rap, kind of with a little bit of, with a hint of punk. Mm -hmm. That's a huge trend right now, too, just, like, pop-punk influence, especially in rap. Yeah, definitely. And then, then you got a couple Juice songs, some more melodic rap. Bro, the entire top 10 debut week for Spotify was all Juice World songs from his new album. Oh, yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I am surprised as anyone that he's still going this strong in terms of streams. Um, it's kind of remarkable how he's, he passed away, what, two and a half years ago? at this point and still dropping a number one album like that speaks to how his influence has even grown since his passing um and it's sad because if you know if he never died we never know if we don't know if he would have even had the influence that he has now i think he would have i think he would have too just because he had a lot of music before but he had a number he had a number one single yeah his potential was just endless right super sad to because like, there's so many collaborations that could have been. And he's such good music. Exactly. Now, I think his, in my opinion, his his best album <clears throat> is Death Race for Love. Um, I think that album started off incredibly strong with tracks like Empty, um, tracks like, you know, Feeling. I think the deep cut tracks on Goodbye and Good Riddance are, I like them a lot. Like candles mm-hmm. and uh, what's the other one? There's candles and one other song that I just I didn't listen to it when it first came out, but it's like the second or third layer of tracks that like you get to on a song or on an album. Oh, scared of love! I thought that song was so oh, yeah. good, but I never heard those when I first listened. Yeah, definitely. Um. And somehow those are, like, some of the least listened to songs on the album. And they still have, like, 180 million streams. <laughs> like, that's unbelievable. A song like that's Armed so and crazy. Dangerous. <laughs> like, that song um, didn't, didn't it actually come out, like, after the album dropped? Or no, no, no. It, it became popular like probably a year mm-hmm. after the album dropped. Like nobody knew anything about it 
And then I think it was in like a TikTok or something and it just blew <laughs> it up. It tends to be the case nowadays. Yeah. Which is pretty cool, honestly. It's like sometimes it hurts a little bit when your favorite song is like a TikTok song. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, like one of your favorite artists gets that notoriety. So I think that's a beautiful side of it. As, as much as it hurts sometimes to like. And TikTok has given rise to a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. It's a huge platform. And that's where I discover a lot of new music nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, it's definitely, I think, the new kind of vessel for um, a quick way to success in the, in the music industry. And honestly, just any industry, like, yeah, creatively. Honestly, like that's what I was a... about to say. Like, if you want to do something in media, I think TikTok is definitely the best creative vessel you can use. Because the way their algorithm is set up, it's like... Um, you really just need to hold someone's attention for 30 seconds and and you'll get a chance to mm-hmm. you know gain followers and attraction um so what what, what were your other topics we were so going to talk about i have a good segue into well we've talked a lot about wanting to talk about Donda and CLB and how they've aged but we're going to climb like a little ladder to get there <laughs> so First, I just thought it was notable that Drake completely took out all of his nominations for the Grammys, albeit it was like two. It was Best Rap Song for Way Too Sexy and Best Album for CLB. And yeah, I think they never explained why he did it, but you can only assume it's something similar to like how The Weeknd no longer submits, because... I know the weekend feels like he got snubbed because he did. Uh, I think it, it must have been last year, but I don't even know if he got nominated, if I'm not mistaken. He but got nominated for After Hours. I don't think he did, if I'm completely honest, because like I'm when you look back, he should have. If he didn't, that's the biggest crime of all time. But he like doesn't care about the Grammys anymore. And this is no, coming I mean, from Apple's, like, artist of the year this year. We're, oh, jeez, it was. It was snubbed. Yeah, like, he got nothing. And that was That's probably ridiculous. his most... Pro- <laughs> like, he performed at the halftime <laughs> for the Super Bowl, and this dude didn't get... That is unbelievable. Yeah. That is... I think that's the best album of 2019. Yeah. I don't even... I think if someone says that is the best album of that year... Like, how do you even argue against that? You can argue that other albums are, are great, too, but you can't argue anything is better than that. And you there's can, like, like, Blinding Lights deserve something, <laughs> just with the cultural impact That song is had. massive. I think it's one of the biggest songs of the last two years. Like, it's pr- the amount of sustained success it had was ridiculous. Um, it, it was kind of, like, not really a new genre, but it was something different in the mainstream, which is, like... What more could you ask out of a song? <laughs> I feel like I'm peeking on Spike. <laughs> um, but yeah, it it just it's yeah. that absolutely sucks. Anyone who respects music should not <laughs> place any value on the Grammys. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's one thing to not give him the Grammy, but it's a completely different thing not to not like nominate him. acknowledge him. Like that's that's like Absurd. when uh, I think even Macklemore said this when the time happened. But when the heist won in 2014, it beat like. Beat to Bimpa Butterfly. Kid, oh, to or no. Butterfly. 
was it? It was one of the really good Kendrick albums. And then No, yeah, it was it was two thousand it was two thousand twelve and he beat he beat Good Kid Mad City. That's that's the year that the that the albums came out. Then again, like the Grammys span like two years, so I know I know I just know. This one actually was twenty fourteen. I'm gonna say that. It was Good Kid Mad City. Um, Drake's Nothing Was the Same. Jay Z's Magna Carta Holy Grail. Wasn't there Kanye? Kanye's Yeezus. Yeah, Kanye. In the heist one. And not like I actually like Macklemore, but like and I think one part that I do empathize with, like the Academy I guess for this, on the fact that you never know how an album will age. And as far as, like, these go, like, Macklemore is just inherently a more pop type of rapper. And maybe, like, maybe it was a slim margin that it won. I, I would hope if it's over these albums. But The lead singles on that album were, I think, some of the biggest songs of the decade, though. It's, like, Same Love, yeah, Thrift, Thrift Shop, Shop, and Can't Hold Us. Can't Hold Us. And that's... And they kind of, they were like the ultimate mainstream type songs. Like, they were straight up just pop with, like, a little bit of rapping. And the rapping was super, like, digestible for, I think, Mm -hmm. you know. um, I don't think it should have (laughs) won. Obviously, it should have won. And I'm not saying you do either, but I just think it's crazy to look back on There's a difference between deserving Mm. a win and admitting that other albums were better. So I do think that um, Macklemore's album, I think it did deserve the win that it got because of the culture, cultural impact it had. I think maybe best album of the year, but best rap album. I think that's like the discrepancy for me because it is a good album. Like I it obviously like it. wasn't the best album by, by any stretch. Um, but then again, like um, Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City, it's gotten so much bigger since that point mm-hmm. too i don't think anybody could have predicted like how much it would influence like storytelling and rap yeah um that's the hard thing to know when they choose it the year it comes out and then if you go like even but. farther back to the grammys it's like you know Nas was getting snubbed <laughs> yeah. from illmatic winning it's like how how does that even happen how has there not been a change at some point to mm-hmm. where you know black artists have like an actual chance of competing um it's just mind-boggling and you know like i said earlier um if you're someone that cares about hip-hop like don't trust the grammys and (laughs) i I think it's pretty obvious why drake you know withdrew his nominations and drake has a really good speech about the grammys i think it was when he won artist of the decade he said listen like the grammys aren't what should be giving you validation like if you have people right. standing on a stage it was, it was singing like, your songs back mm-hmm. at you like the that's people that winning. like that's they the get win. their paycheck and they use that paycheck to go see you perform like that's what you should be caring about yeah. not about the grammys but and i mean i true. do love the grammys so i'm it's a it's a fun event obviously yeah. love the performances i think like the span when right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh, the the span of like the time frame they used to 
the, pick the albums for the Grammys. It's like it's so weird. <laughs> Super weird. Because it's like you have the you have the show taking place in 2014, and it's all 2012 music. It's like that stuff has already been like digested and most of it gone from the public. I mean, sometimes it's good because you get a chance to see how some albums are digested over time for, you know, more than a couple months. But um, I think just make it like have the Grammys early in January and then everything that happened the previous year that can be qualified for the year's Grammys. I don't know why they have to complicate it so hard and make the span like a, a year and a half or something. <laughs> But um, on the topic of the Grammys, if you had to choose best rap album of the year, what do you think would win this year? With CLB being omitted. So it's King's Disease 2, The Off Season, um, Donda, and what's the one of it? King's Disease 2, The Off Season. Oh, and Call Me If You Get Lost by Tyler. I think it's Call Me If You Get Lost, and it's not even like remotely close it is kind of remotely close i think for what like what's your two because i think so i think, I think donda maybe. and the off season are both up there definitely especially with like the wow factor that donda had when it was released um and then the off season it's kind of like j cole at his most surface level but there is lots of like superb rapping on there um, and I think he is at his best at moments on that project. Uh, but Call Me If You Get Lost but from Tyler was Tyler at his best the whole way through. Um, and he stuck true to his, like, um, New York roots, kind of lots of grimy. I don't think he's from New York. Is he? Well, he made... Where's Yonkers? <laughs> That's always my gauge. I thought he was from somewhere in California. Like... He might be. Southwest California. But I'm, like... I think New York grime style hip hop is kind of like where in, he made his calling card. He was born in Ladera Heights, California, just for continuity purposes. But go on. Gotcha. Gas up, Tyler, because he should be. He's a pioneer of our the time of the music we're in. Yeah. Um. Uh, he kind of like took the style from Flower Boy and Igor, like. Um, what am I going to say? So <laughs> basically super creative composition. Uh, he does produce a lot of his own stuff and that allows him to do um, things that nobody else really does. Um, but there's lots of bangers on the project. So Lumberjack, many. Lemonhead, um, What's Your Name, Girlfriend, What's Your Name? <laughs> um, Cold Wind Blows, like, oh, my gosh. Oh, is that the one with Lil Wayne? Yeah. So many great soul samples. It's him, at, it's him at his best as a producer and as a rapper. Um, it wasn't as conceptual as Igor or Flower Boy. That has some, like, Wilshire at the end. I thought that was a really, really... I don't know if that makes it, like, a concept album, but I do think it gives it more depth because it's, like, a It definitely has depth, absolutely. I think all great albums have depth. Um, but Igor was like a consistent narrative all the way through. Same thing with Flower Boy for the most part. And I think that's what makes those the better album in terms of Tyler's discography. But Call Me If You Get Lost, like it still stands up against anything else released this year. 
Yeah. And um, I think the highs of it are phenomenal. I think it's Tyler's to lose, not anybody else's to win, if that makes sense. Um, like, I think he deserves it. He definitely overall. deserves it. Um, I feel like Kanye has a chance, maybe. Um, honestly, though, he's been very controversial as usual, so who knows what the politics are going to do to him. One thing I want to talk about on Tyler's album, though, is, like, there's so many good songs, and I think the more you listen to it, the more there is to find. But one song for me, because um, this whole album is illustrated or narrated by DJ Drama, mm. and there's a part in Run It Up with Tizo Touchdown. I never thought I'd talk more than once about Tizo in a podcast, <laughs> but he's an up-and-coming artist. And there's a part in the song where DJ Drama like emphatically says, for us, the sky is just what we stand on to reach the beyond. And uh, wait, actually, I think I actually read the wrong, wrong lyrics. <laughs> but he said, um, oh, it's like, for you, the sky is the limit. But for us, the sky is just what we stand on. And then mm. like the beat, like, we gonna run it up. We go run it up. I've every time that comes on, I just I don't know. I just love that song. Oh I yeah, that DJ Drama it made it such a fun atmosphere too. Yeah, he I did. forget what was he. He was saying something about like the beach and feet. I don't remember exactly, <laughs> but um, he did bring a really good energy to it. And I honestly didn't know too much about him prior to this album, so I think this was a good way for him to make an impact on the newer generation as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that was cool. Um, I guess you want to segue into the the Drake and Kanye, the, the concert, or <laughs> the, the albums, the beefs? I don't know. Um, I'd be okay with talking about the concert if you knew a lot about it. Because I only know a little, or not a lot. Yeah, I don't know much. Just, um, just, I guess reactions, because it was in L.A., so we couldn't have been there, really, unless mm -hmm. we flew out, dropped a bag. But <laughs> it'd be cool to, like, see what your, like, takeaway was from it, because I only saw a little so, bit. So, yeah, from what I've seen, um, Kanye was phenomenal. What he did yeah. with the end of Runaway and make the thing with Kim, I mean, yeah. it was cool. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I don't really care about the relationship at all. <laughs> Maybe it'll, no. like, I mean, Kanye's best music comes from conflict, so maybe it'll, like, drive him to drop some really good stuff this year. But then again, he's he's getting up there in age, so I don't know. Is he, like, 40-something? He's 44, 42. I don't know. <laughs> what a, he's in his 40s. Yeah. And but he's still dropping, like, really good music, and he's been doing it since, yeah. like, as long as we can remember. Right. But I, I feel like at that age, it's hard for rappers to really find good things to rap about where they, they sound good doing it. Especially um, when you drop so many projects. Like Kanye's really touched like most parts of any human's life. And I guess now yeah. he went to like the ethereal with Donda and like the passing of his mother and mm -hmm. just the more religious tracks. And then no swearing. Like that's kind of a cool well, he did just do a freestyle at a concert with Future where he swore a lot. He freestyled for over him. Um, letting it out. 
Yeah. Um, so if he's back to swearing, I'm all down for it, honestly. Because, <laughs> like, the fact that on Donda, it's like, it's like the album was literally recorded with swearing. And then he literally yeah. just, he cut out all the swear words and then released it as the only version of the album you can even listen to. So there's, like, just random, like, blank spaces, like, all over the place. Like, Baby, yeah. Ke- Baby Keem's verse on... Um, praise God. Pra- yeah, Praise God. It's literally like every single bar, there's just dead space because he swears in every single bar. <laughs> He's too fond, baby king. Man yeah. does what he wants. No, that's facts. Baby um, king's so funny. But yeah, um, going back to that concert, um, from what I've heard, Drake, he played all songs from CLB, which I think is so dumb because if you're Drake... Wait, so he didn't play any song outside of CLB? He, I heard... Okay, no. I'm saying he played recent Drake hits. I know he played um, God's Plan. Mm-hmm. And I know he played like a couple of other like recent hits, but he didn't play anything from Take Care. <laughs> if you're reading this, it's too late. Nothing was the same. Um, yeah, n- n- none of his earlier stuff, which is, you know, it's annoying because that's Drake's best stuff, coincidentally. Um, and then Kanye, he was playing all of his, you know, career's greatest hits. So but the only video I saw from it was when Kanye was performing Bound 2. And I lost my mind. Dude. I literally had that song on loop like for at least 30 minutes after I played it because his performance just looked so good. Mm-hmm. And just how he sounded and had me. That's just one of those Kanye songs that's going to be around forever. Yeah, so it should be. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of about Kim, too. Oh, yeah, the music <laughs> video. I forgot Kim was also in that on the yeah. motorcycle. But it's funny. Did you hear she actually filed for divorce the day after the concert, too? Oh, I thought that was before. No, she she <laughs> she filled out the papers the day after the concert. So I guess he wasn't able to change her mind. And she was literally at the concert, too. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> she so wanted to she see actually Drake brought, Yeah, she brought their daughter north to it, and she was like, she was filming it on Instagram Live or something. Dang, I didn't know that. But I don't yeah. really care that much. It's, but it's, that is. Like I mean, the cool point. The point I'm trying to get at is it's not. Kanye's not having fun right now <laughs> with his life. So. I mean, he, I actually would say the opposite with, because he really just catapulted himself back into not that he ever left the limelight, but more for his music than anything. With I think, this concert yeah. and with him being brought out at Future's concert, I think he's motivated for sure. Yeah, which is dope. I'm a big fan. Very dope. It's going to be good. I think it'll be a good year for him. If he doesn't drop an album this year, hopefully he does next year. I'm assuming he won't this year, just, you know, based on. You never know, though. I I guess, yeah, Kanye is not one you could really guess too much on. Because, yeah, Jesus is King and Yandi were supposed to drop. Well, no, actually, Yandi was before Jesus is King. Yandi's been out. Or been, like, speculated for a minute now. Oh, man, it's been forever. And then, you know, like, I feel like half the songs kind of went to Jesus is King and the other half went to Donda. And they're all worse versions of the original leaks we heard. But if you go on YouTube and you look up, like, Yandi complete album, like, they'll, they patch together, like, different verses from the songs and, like, you know, added some percussion and mixed some of the beats better. 
and it's it's honestly a great experience it sounds like a great kanye album that he should have dropped but <laughs> yeah everything i heard off yandi was really good yeah definitely especially hurricane that song was so great on yandi on donde was, was still it good aunt clements who was on yeah it, it was aunt clements singing the hook they changed to the weekend which i think the weekend was still very good yeah, still great. A great song um and then little baby's verse was great too no doubt um but the, I think the beat was definitely better. Like, the beat had the same notes when he dropped it on Donda, but it was, like, a different, like, there wasn't any samples used like there was in the original. Mm-hmm. And it, it could have just been just for sounded, clearance purposes as well. That could have been true, too. Because that's it's always insane like, how That's much, always like, something in yeah. hip-hop. It's a big deal. Um. And then, obviously, the fact that it was censored hurt it a little bit, too, but... You know, Kanye's Kanye. He's he's gonna do what, whatever he feels like doing, which nobody knows. Nobody knows what's in his head. <laughs> yeah. Um. But what do you think was better, Donda or CLB? Let's just let's just get it out there. Which one are you taking? Probably Donda, if I had to choose, because I think it's a lot to do with the features. And Drake's features were really good, but Praise God was a really good collaborative track. I really liked it was. Jonah with Lil Durk. <clears throat> Moon yeah. with Kid Cudi was great. Oh, my gosh. I think another good question is who had the better Cudi feature? Because they were okay. two of his best features I've heard in a really <laughs> long time. <laughs> That's so hard, actually. Yeah, because those two songs are in such heavy rotation for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, Moon is beautiful. I think it's one of the best songs of this year. It's almost hard to compare because, like, Moon is so, like, spacey and, like, you're floating. But then I Miss You Too is, like... I Miss You Too sounds more like a Cuddy song. Like, on Moon, it sounds like Cuddy's on someone else's song. If, I think it is probably That's, more... I disagree with that. <laughs> I don't think Cuddy's rapped over, like, a guitar with a bass like that. Or I mean, saying over it. I don't think he's ever done that. Like, but it sounds I, like a Cuddy song. Like I wouldn't. It doesn't sound I like think a Cu- Kanye song to me. Cuddy sounds great over everything. I think he knows how to like match the vibe. As long as we agree with that, that's that's the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> but I wouldn't say it sounds not like a Cuddy song. It's but called would Moon, you, bro. Would you agree that I Miss You Too sounds more like a Cuddy song? Cause you you have the Cuddy hook, which sounds so. So much like Man on the Moon, you know, one and two. Um, I need to look at the lyrics. <laughs> I haven't looked at it in a sec. Yeah, but as far <laughs> his as... His verse is crazy. <laughs> I know. I just literally love every part about that. It does feel more like... I Miss You Too almost feels like a step after... Man in the Moon 3 because like Man in the Moon like uh, The Chosen is very sad and just like I'm lost like I'm on the pursuit of happiness I got issues nobody can see and then Man in the Moon 2 is kind of just like the purgatory of it and 3 is around the time he made the proclamation to not want to make any more sad music and yeah, I think this is a really good fit into that category and it makes sense just based on like when it came out, but mm-hmm. I think he's really staying true to that message. And if you watch the documentary, 
um, he was asked about every album he's made. Uh, Man on the Moon 3 wasn't in it, but he would openly talk about everything but Speed and Bullet to Heaven. And I think <laughs> that point of his life, it wasn't because of what he thought about the music. It was because of the horrible place he was in while writing it. Like, the song Confused, um, ASAP Rocky actually talks about it a lot in the doc. It's one of the most directly sad songs I've ever heard from Cuddy because a lot of it, like, it does say that he's, like, in a bad spot, but in the first line of Confused, he says, I might go losing it and drive off of a cliff, fall in the void, and if I blow my brains out all over the scene, that's madness curing sadness. And that's just the first three lines of the song. So, yeah, I think that's a project a lot of us didn't really listen to too much of. And a crazy thing about it, too, is that it was completely narrated by Beavis and Butthead, if you ever listen through it. Like, all of the skits, he must have had them come in and, like, help out. Like, there's, like, minute and a half parts of just Beavis and Butthead talking about, like, like doing their laughs, talking about Cuddy. Right. No, I mean, he's been on a roller coaster yeah. throughout his whole life, really. Um, I'm assuming you, you watched his TED Talk, too. Mm-hmm. Multiple times. Um, he's so relatable, man. Um, and just vulnerable. He's He really is authentic to who he is, and he's... A, He's he's able to be different while at the same time being truly himself. And I think that's what separates him from or not it's really what makes him an artist, a true artist, not just a rapper. I think a way I've always looked at music is that it gives us a lot of the words that we don't have ourselves. And I think Cuddy is one of the best people at articulating how he feels. And that's why we can feel such a heavy connection to him. And I think that, like, yeah, there's so many different definitions of an artist. But to me, that is where the most connectivity lies and why I think we can all relate so heavily in. Like, look at him as almost family and just feel the way we do. Right. Man. Absolutely right. By the way, um, I would go with Donda, too. As far as versus CLB, kind of surprises me. Um, my reasoning is, um, I think that Donda is more real to me. Um, I think that it's more kind of. Kanye's canvas um, in a way than than CLB was Drake's canvas Um, because Drake I just feel this disconnect now when I hear some of his music especially with his subject matter Um, he's not even like rapping about relationships in a realistic way anymore it's kind of have you listened to get along better he literally on the chorus says like I forget how they build into it but he said, I don't mean this as revenge, but I get along better with your friend. 
because like <laughs> a relationship must have not worked out for him. Yeah. But he realized that he liked her friend better. And that is like so real. Like the visceral reaction I heard when I first listened to that was insane. Is that is that real though? Yes. This is like <laughs> I think that's real. I don't know. I just think that's such like a like usually rappers have certain takes on songs, but I've never heard somebody put this in a song. And like he truly doesn't mean it in a bad way, but he just says You're saying rappers have never talked about like being with their their chick's friend before? I think in the way that Drake said it now. Cause I think most of the time it's more of like a boast, but this he actually feels like bad about it. And I think that's just a different perspective than I've ever heard. And I'm sure like people have, but like on this scale I've never heard it. And I thought that was really real. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. With TSU, I miss you too. That's a pretty like good relationship commentary. Like, okay, fine, I miss you too. <laughs> so TSU, the song I talked about earlier, the whole premise of the song is this girl. He's paying for her, basically her schooling, and um, she is. I guess staying at his house in return and um, you know there's other like nuances of that relationship I'm not going to get into Mm -hmm. but for me it's like if you're Drake why can't you why can't you find somebody that's on your level to have a relationship with why are you messing around with all these like (laughs) soccer moms (laughs) and all these like college girls it's like you're you're mid you're in your what mid thirties at this point. I think he's like thirty three, thirty four. It's a safe bet. I think every, all of his com- contemporaries have at least tried to settle down before. Um, it's just like I don't know, man. I'd like Drake to like mature <laughs> a little bit. Sounds like this isn't even like a beef against the albums. It's just a beef against Drake. Well, I like music that I can connect to, music that I can you know feel where the artist is coming from. And with Drake, with CLB, it's like, I don't know. I can't really, I can't really feel where he's coming from, if that makes any sense. With the album as a whole, I agree. But I do think some songs, like maybe he did some songs are great. Some songs are definitely great. Like, was this album meant to be like a story, like a concept? Or is it kind of like (laughs) more life where it was almost like a playlist? Because I think that kind of changes how I would rate the album. Um, but I also just needed to say that I think the remorse is the better closing track of the oh album. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Let me confirm. I, I agree with that. Because I think like the remorse is just a. I think if you treat "Come to Life" from Kanye as the closer of Donda, then oh, that was, that that's was better. I think that's one of the, I think that's probably the best song of the project for me in terms of the performance from Kanye. But you had No Child Left Behind after it, which I don't think was as strong. And then you had all the part twos. <laughs> yeah. So I just mainly I, I disregard my take on which was the better closer. I need to think about that more. But I do think that the remorse was a top five song of the album for me. I just I th- it's, it's like age. It's best. definitely not a concept album because you have random songs where he's just talking about like, like his place in the industry. 
Um, like you have 7 a.m. on Bridal Path, and but you those, also those two kind of relate. Relate with with what? With each other, like I think 7 a.m. on Bridal Path, and at least sonically, I forget if they relate directly as far as the content because I haven't listened to it in a while. But I do think those two have a very similar sound. It was really just Drake. I feel like he ran out of creative stuff to do, so he just copied the you know freestyle formula that he does. Um, and he's using the same flow that he used on 5 a.m. in Toronto and I all of his... I think that's just like an Easter egg, you know? Like, I think fans notice that. I oh, yeah, I, th- I think it was probably one of my favorite tracks on the album, but I don't think you can say this is a concept album at yeah, all with I don't how think so formulaic I don't think he preached it as one, though. I honestly didn't know. I was no, curious yeah, if yeah. you knew for sure. One um, track I was... I, I don't know if I would say disappointed... But I just expected to love it was in the Bible with Lola Dirk and Giveon. Those are two amazing artists at probably at the peak of their careers right now. Right. Or the pinnacle. I wouldn't say they're peaking. They they got plenty of game left. But I was just like expecting more. Mm-hmm. Maybe I need to give it another listen. But I do think Lil Dirk's feature on Donda was better than on. Maybe it was just better placed as far as the beat and what he wanted. Because that one reminds yeah. me a lot of Moon. That's just very I think Kanye is better at getting more out of artists, too. I've it's heard just, that he I, really cares about, like, the input of everybody in the room. Yeah. I, I mean, that's really cool. He's super serious about the creative atmosphere. Um, I don't know if you've seen, like, engin- this one engineer posted a combo he had with them where the engineer, he showed up, like, he was, I think, an hour late to the studio session. And then Kanye straight up, like, just told him to go home like he's fired and he told him to go find god because <laughs> he was late <laughs> but kanye's i mean he's serious about his, his creative process and that's part of what makes him special yeah did you ever see that video with him and pharrell that went um, around no i have not it was like it was pretty popular on twitter and instagram just on music accounts but it's i forget the song it might have been an, I don't know if it was unreleased, but I think it was a sample, like somebody did of Kanye or Pharrell, or maybe they worked together. But it's just a video of their like producer brains going absolutely haywire. <laughs> like it's one of the coolest videos I've watched in a while. Yeah, it's so awesome. Um, but I think uh, a good place to end it would be. Uh, you got anything to say about your experience at WZIP about? <sighs> things you wish to achieve in your future or really just however you choose to answer that um, we got a platform to say something in the case last episode hopefully not but yeah i think i'll be back if i have time at the very hopefully least for time. like a guest episode the very least very the very minimal yes yeah. that i would do that um but as far as my time with with the station um this has probably been the most f- enjoyment I've had is just talking about music. Um, and it, I'm sad that, you know, the semester's coming to an end and we're not going to be able to do this for a while. But um, as for my plans for the future, kind of just going to make some stuff, you know. I'm going to keep working on music, try and... Um, get better at promotion and 
uh, using social media to promote stuff I make. Um, still doing after hours at ZTV. So. Mm-hmm. so still part of like the creative culture at Akron, just in a different way. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's that's a massive time commitment. That's the main reason I'm not doing this next semester because I want to see how far I can go with, um, you know, working on that show. But mm-hmm. I think there's a good chance I'll be back at some point, and this won't be the last you're hearing from me. When do you graduate? Uh, it's looking like 2023. Oh, so you got plenty of time to make a return. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling for now. Yeah, it's good to know. Just you know, let yourself put your thoughts out there, put your goals. Definitely support the boy on all the socials as far as his music goes. Cause didn't your one song get above is it 8k streams? I think it's at because 9k right now. Is that Jack Black? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Jack fair. Black. Always rooting for you, bro. Thanks, man. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll do the outro. Um, thank you for listening. (laughs) Thank you for listening to us talk about whatever we feel like talking about. Yeah, Um, that's facts. That's really like the format of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it works better with no structure too, Mm -hmm. because it's more natural, but this is a lot of fun. And yeah, on that note, (laughs) This is Andrew and Mr. Riley Fury. Yeah. Um, possibly expect a solo episode from me at some point in the case that you busy up and we can't run it. I just think oh, it'd yeah. be interesting. <laughs> kind of like would be interesting. Experiment. I'd listen to it. I would definitely listen to it. Appreciate that. Get you on your Cole Kushna yeah, type of stuff. I'm actually interviewing this one artist pretty soon. Really? His name is uh, Evan Metzger. Evan um, Metzger. Yeah, he... I wouldn't want to, like, put him in a box of a genre, but it's just more alternative than anything. Gotcha. And, yeah, uh, I've always wanted to put my hands in interviewing and, like, just hosting. And really just, like, spotlighting artists and the music I love. So that might come out in the next month. It's heavy in the works. So, yeah. All right. Solo pod and an interview coming. That'll probably lie on... The consistently inconsistent YouTube channel, if I had to guess. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm super excited to just get in that world. Think it'd be cool. That would be cool. Definitely for me. Um, Looking forward to it. Sounds good. Anything else left? No, I I have nothing (laughs) else. um, Thanks for tuning in, guys. See you next time. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe.